You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. I love questions. Big, small, crazy, normal, easy to answer, very complex. I love interior design questions. Throw them at me. Today is our Ask Everything Part 2, and I'm Betsy Helmuth. Let's get to your questions. My question is, can you mix fish and fur when you're decorating your game room? Andy, believe it or not, you are not my first client, we'll just call you a client since you're calling in, to have a collection of taxidermy. Been there, designed with that, in the meatpacking district. Doesn't that seem appropriate? Anyway, so how much of this taxidermy do you have? Is it just a couple pieces? If it's just a couple pieces, then I would probably split them up, putting them in different places, not just in the game room, because it's really not significant enough to be gamey, right? And by game room, you meant like wild game, right? Not like Scrabble game? Anyway, I'm just going to assume, because it wasn't elaborated, so I'll just assume you want a wild game room. But with only two fish and fur, uh, you're going to have to disperse around the house, I think. Now, if you have several, and by several I mean three plus, then I think you could make a moment pretty much grouping that taxidermy in one place so that it's almost like a gallery wall. Um, and that way, even though they're different animals or different textures, they have a relationship together because they're all dead. So they share a theme, right? Uh, and all animals, of course. Um, so that's something that I would do. If you want to dedicate an entire room to taxidermy, you really need to have a lot. So one cluster, but then maybe you have like you know, I don't know that much about hunting, so work with me here. Maybe in addition to your cluster of taxidermy, you also have some like maps. Do they have hunting maps? I don't even know. I think that's something you should have. Like this is where the deer live and you should get here to go there. Anyway, so maybe they have hunting maps and you can frame that. Or maybe you could frame um, like some interesting camouflage. Like Andy Warhol has this great series of interesting camouflage and you can get it off allposters.com and then have it framed. And that could be kind of a interesting way to incorporate gaming, and by gaming I mean hunting, into your game room. So that's another thought, but um, if you don't have that many animals, you can just continue the theme with like a hunting idea. And if you do have that many animals, I think they're better in herds rather than dispersed around. So that's my two cents on that. And just a little note, when I worked for Tom Felicia, who was the famous designer, very high end, one of the senior designers at his firm had a um, brownstone in Bed-Stuy. He was a Brooklynite and he'd never hunted a day in his life, but he had a whole room of taxidermy. So taxidermy can actually be quite high end and um, he was always on the hunt for more amazing high end taxidermy. So maybe you have, uh, quite an eye, Andy. It sounds like you have quite a high-end aesthetic. So let's move on to our next caller. Hi, love the show. My question is about curtains. I have light blue velvet curtains up and I'm wondering if it's a faux pas to have them during the summer. Stacy, I hope you caught our window treatments podcast. If you didn't, just go back a couple episodes. But I did not actually answer this question, and it's a good one. 
So if you watch HGTV, if you read House Beautiful, they're going to tell you to switch out your drapes seasonally. So switch out those heavy velvet panels for something light and sheer. Come on. If you have stuff to do like I do, kids, a job, a life, no storage, you're not going to switch your drapes out seasonally. I mean, even putting up drapes, you just deserve a gold star, right? So I think of it a different way because I'm never going to change on my drapes. Let's keep it real. A fully dressed window, as you'll remember from that episode, has both blinds and drapes. And drapes are actually just meant to flank the window to add color, texture, pattern, but they're not actually meant to be manipulated, open and closed. That's the blind's job. So the blind opens and closes. Now that's a fully dressed window and we don't all have fully dressed windows. I just have drapes and it's fine, but some windows are really set up to have both and that's amazing. That's like A plus, right? So if you want to change things seasonally, I would keep the velvet drapes, but I would add a blind. And in the summer and spring, you just manipulate the blind. You never close the drapes. But in the winter, you could not only manipulate the blind, but also close the drapes because that will provide you with a thermal lining in case your windows are drafty like mine. And it will also provide you with a darker, cozier type atmosphere and show off the fabric more, creating sort of that cave-like hibernation experience that we're all craving in the fall and winter. So that's how I would change the look of your drapes seasonally, not by actually taking them down because who has the time, right? Next caller. Hi, Betsy. I love your show. In a previous episode, you said don't have pictures of anyone you don't want to have sex with in your bedroom. But I really love having pictures of my grandmother on my mantle because it makes me feel comforted. I do have a live-in partner who does not mind. Does, is that okay or should I still move it? Thank you. So Tammy, I'm glad that you're a listener and that you already maybe have a red flag as to this interesting situation. I say problematic, problematic situation. Now you mentioned in your voicemail that this is a mantle. So am I to understand that this is in a living room or are you one of the lucky few that has a fireplace in your bedroom? I'm unsure. Let's look at both scenarios. So if it's on the mantle in your living room, it's not a problem unless the primary place that you have sex is the living room. And then I think it still is a problem because you know that's not an amazing visual. Uh, or maybe, it, anyway, I'm not going to go there, um, but ideally, it's not an amazing visual to see grandma for either your partner or you while you're getting it on. So if that's your primary location, I would say take the family pictures out of there. If it's not your primary location and it's just a place that you casually have sex, then I'm open. You could always like put it down when you're in the living room doing it, right? So just fold it down uh, or try a new place like the kitchen that hopefully has less pictures of family if that's your new location. Now let's look at the other scenario. If it is your bedroom, it's unacceptable, Tammy. It's just unacceptable. Uh, get all pictures of family members or people you don't want to make out with out of the bedroom. That includes things made by said grandma, quilts, tapestries, paintings. Um, did I also mention in that episode, and I don't think I did, did I tell this story about, oh, you know what I think I did? 
the client, the single lady who was very interested in bringing love into her life, but she had a big painting above her bed of three women dancing, like in a field or whatever. And I was like, that is not the way to bring love into your life. She mentioned she was looking for a male partner. If you're looking for a male partner, if you're looking for a female partner, I think it's ideal, or partners. So just think about the imagery that you're putting in there and think about the energy it's giving back to you. And I love that grandma is a soothing and comforting visual for you. And I think that that's perfect in a living room, as long as you don't have a lot of sex there, or a study, or a family room, or I love family pictures in a dining room because it's a place where you're generally gathering with family. So it's nice to go down memory lane, reminisce, so that's my two cents on sex and grandmas. I know it's controversial, um, but that's what we do. No question is too controversial for big design, small budget. So thanks, Tammy. Design. TMI. So guys, I have been keeping a secret. Something huge has happened. Something that in the history of affordable interior design, that's nine long years, has never happened before. This huge thing is that I was recently hired by a billionaire. A billionaire! I mean, I don't know, has he been to our website? Because we do affordable interior design, and I have the entire IKEA catalog memorized, but I don't know the first thing about custom fabrics. I don't, I never use them. So we're working on Park Avenue. We're designing a duplex from top to bottom, everything custom. He says, don't be cheap, no expense spared. I haven't set foot in the D&D building, which is a very famous design only building. Like you must have credentials to be in there or order anything. I have not set foot in there since I worked for Tom Felicia designing celebrity homes. And all of a sudden I like live there. <laughs> and I just wanna shop at Ikea. I'm like, can we just buy that? And we can't buy that. And it's been very eye-opening. Um, at first, I was really intimidated and very nervous because it's very outside my comfort zone. And also, billionaires have higher expectations. Like when I get a rug from Overstock and it sheds, I'm like, yeah, it was from Overstock and I can deal with it. But if we get a billionaire dresser and the drawers stick, like that's not okay. So it's just a new learning curve. And I just thought that it was interesting and I'm also having to relearn how to design like how do I design when there's no budget how do I design when there's no inspiration he said just do whatever you want and make it fabulous and get it done quickly like it's a new thing normally my clients want approval they want to discuss so I'm having to relearn design as seen through the eyes of someone who has no limitations. And that's what we're going to be discussing next week because it is a whole different world. So next week's episode, Designing for a Billionaire, a show I never thought I'd be hosting. So rest assured, Mr. or Ms. Billionaire, that I will not reveal anything that's client confidential, no names, no addresses, nothing like that, because even with my clients who aren't billionaires, discretion is the most important part of my business, maintaining that client trust. And so even if you're just a normal client, I'll never reveal your name or address. But rest assured, even for a billionaire, I don't change those rules. And um, so I'm just going to be discussing my process and how amazingly different it is when you don't have a budget and when you don't have rules. It's a whole new world and we're going to discuss it on the next episode of Big Design Small Budget.
So thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can catch us on Big Design Small Budget where you can see lots of pictures and read all about us. So that's our website, bigdesignsmallbudget.com. And of course, you can send in your questions, audio or text, to betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. We would love to hear from you. And finally, a huge shout out to Catherine Heller, our show's producer, also to Aton in the Embassy, who creates our super catchy theme song, and to Affordable Interior Design, who pays for this stuff. Thank you, Affordable Interior Design, for keeping us on the air and sponsoring the show because it is a lot of fun. So thank you so much, and next week, let's spend some money. Walking the streets like a dog